0: Now appearing on center stage, it's Coco. Wow,
1: guy. First of all, her come name, on, what her, is with this pick today? Her name is Cinnamon. What <laughs> is with this pick? This is like the opposite of strip club music. I all just, right, guys. It's,
0: it's close enough.
1: This is some of the most well respected, critically acclaimed French EDM that ever existed. All Daft right. Punk, who recently called it quits. The robots. They never appeared in public without their robot masks oh, yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, Daft Punk. And Rolling Stone Magazine just put out their top 500 songs of all that. time, and they've radically changed it from the 2003 version. Um, number 500 was Kanye West Stronger, which the only reason that song is worth its weight and salt is because it sampled a Daft Punk song, which made me think of that. Coco. Has, any, has there really been a stripper named Coco in the last 25 years? Yes. Well,
0: maybe. It's been 25 years since I've been to a strip bar
1: okay that's sean bernard i'm brian oak it is the brian oak show episode 187 is that is that possible is that real 187 isn't that the police thing for
0: the sign for killing
1: yeah no i jesus you are in a mood today i am i've been running
0: around doing bank stuff i can tell you're closing on a house tomorrow aren't you i'm so fried in my wife like your wife is a teacher she's she's like Well, you're going to have to do all the banks.
1: I'm really busy right now. I'm back to school with kids now, so I'm going to need you to do it.
0: children to speak
1: English from other countries. No, you've got an edge today, and I kind (laughs) of like it, actually. It's it's a little chaotic, but I also kind of like it when Sean comes in hot. It is the Brian Oak Show, and it's powered by Smart Start (laughs) MN. Here we are in the Smart Start MN studios in beautiful South Minneapolis, near the corner of 48th and Chicago. Hey, there was a, a murder last summer just a mere 10 blocks from here. It's kind of defined a lot of what's going on in the world, and I believe it was the flashpoint that has helped define a lot of what's happening in that Rolling Stone top 500, because Mm -hmm. the top changed. When they did it back in 2003, shockingly, the magazine called Rolling Stone, called the number one rock and roll song of all time like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. See what they did there? Yeah. Because Rolling Stone, yeah, Rolling yeah, Stone you yeah. see what? Yeah. yeah. Well, now they've changed things rather dramatically. Uh, and I think it's actually a good thing, right? I mean, what these these lists are pointless, right? They, I mean, they genuinely are pointless. But, you know, you put um, Fight the Power by Public Enemy at number two. You put Aretha Franklin's cover of Otis Redding's Respect at number one. I mean, the, it's reflective of the fact that things have changed. Times have changed. And so I do like that they are paying attention to the world. Historically, Rolling Stone has always been, I mean, back in the 70s and 80s, probably some of the most smart and interesting and, and I don't know, progressive political journalism that happened anywhere in the United States. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the articles in there
0: were fantastic. I mean, they just, and they still are. I, they're, they're not quite as edgy, I'd say, as they no. maybe once were. Right. Uh, they've softened a little bit, but maybe the world has not as edgy as it was
1: <laughs> or in some ways much edgier and again yeah. the, these lists they can't possibly be definitive there's no, no such word as best or greatest no. when it comes to artistic appreciation we all like our own thing i went through the list at length earlier today and there were parts that filled my heart with joy and there were parts that made me ragey as f but before we get to that part right there i do want to mention smart start MN. they are our primary sponsor without them We are literally nothing. We are certainly not 187 episodes into doing The Brian Oak Show. Smart Start MN, Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What is ignition interlock? Well, if you drink and drive, you're going to lose your license. The end. Even before you're found guilty, you will not be able to drive. You want to get back in that car. You want to be able to drive. But this time, maybe you'll be a little smarter because a night in jail, that does a lot to cool your jets, doesn't it?
0: It does. It reminds me of the movie I saw last night. What would you see? Absence of malice, Paul Newman, Sally Field. Don't think I've ever seen it. He is guilty before he's proven innocent uh-huh. according to the newspaper. So the same thing happens with, with that. But, uh, and did well, he make use of Smart Start MN? Well, no, but I'm getting there. Just oh. give me like another 45 to 50 minutes Here and I go. should be able Good. to. No, Good. Instead, go to SmartStartMN.com slash The Brian Ocho. <laughs> That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock
1: system it basically lets you drive if you've been busted for a dui you can get back in your car you can get back to some semblance of a normal life will you still have to make court dates will you still have to pay fines of course you will but being able to drive makes all those things so much easier they also make it possible for this to exist so before we get to today's guest who we'll talk about coming up very shortly when you talk about the 500 greatest songs of all time yeah uh, It's hard to take issue with any of the songs that are on the list. Now, where they are on the list, should this song be above this song? Should this song be I mean, that's different for literally every single person alive. If we all sat down, every single person listening right now and wrote down 500 songs, not one of those lists would match up. Not one. But there are certain artists where you're like, literally not one song in the top 500. Fuck you. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of my all-time favorites. She's from Detroit. She is a she is an American, but the only place she ever got any any traction, any real love was over in the UK until she became known as Leather Tuscadero oh, on Happy Days. yeah. One of my all-time favorites, Susie Quattro on yep. the Brian Oak show. Now, when I said the F-bomb earlier, I wasn't trying to be egregious. I was not trying to be a shock jock, even though it's well within my purview. But when I see a couple of songs from Joan Jett on the top 500 songs of all time, certainly much more popular than Susie Quattro ever yeah. was here in the States. Without Susie Quattro, Joan Jett is not what Joan Jett is. Now, certainly the Runaways mattered, and they were important, and mm-hmm. Joan Jett would have been a thing. Susie Quattro set the mold for that jumpsuit-wearing, badass, F-you, I'm every bit as sexy and I'll take whatever I want, female as the guys were back in the day. There just there wasn't a thing, and she was young, and she was brash, but she was also really good, and she was teamed up with that Chapman Chin production duo that did all the songs by Sweet and... Mm. Cheap Trick and The Knack and Blondie. I just, I'm such a gigantic mega fan of Susie Quattro. Not to be a cool guy, but just because Susie Quattro freaking rules. It's the Brian Oak Show. Hi, I'm Brian Oak. That's Sean Bernard. Sean, you doing all right? I'm doing well. Yeah. How about you? Well, I actually am doing okay. I'm tired as hell today. I slept poorly last night, but other Mm -hmm. than that, I'm fine. I'm asking you because. You're trying to put on a brave face, but I know that you're closing on a house tomorrow. And I know what that does to the individual from the civilian side, but you've got the perspective of not only doing it as a civilian, but also as an insider, as an actual enlisted man. You work for a realty firm. You do. I mean, you work for uh, the 50th and France location of Edina Realty. And so what's it like being a realtor, but also still having to close on a house like a regular Person.
0: well i'm not very bright apparently because i also have a client that's closing at the same time and then i have two closings next week that were supposed to happen yesterday but got pushed back a few days super good idea yeah i'm like yeah. oh that's smart and you forget that uh the mortgage people and i love our mortgage people but
1: oh sure you do but
0: you know what what is with the day before having you dig up these documents that they put could have probably known about a month before
1: then. What's that thing when you live in an old neighborhood? There's a there's a stack of documents that has to do with the history of the house, um like the abstract or the torrens or uh, maybe it's one of those two. Uh, but it's pl- like flat it, map. But it but it literally it literally goes back to the entire history of that piece of property oh, yeah. since it was yeah, a piece of it's property. It's really cool. Yeah. Well. It, it's interesting from his and historic perspective yes. until you actually have to go through it and see how it's going to screw with your current mortgage situation.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So no, it's it's exciting. It's fun that somebody said to me a, a realtor should buy or sell a house every five years just so they know what their clients are going through.
1: Are you enjoying that right
0: now? I'm okay actually, you know, and and I have you know people that are kind of judging us because we had to do a couple of quick moves based on you know a lot of different things, but. But I'm like, well, you're not the one who has to move. And I'm a big fan of the pre-move, which we did. I moved most of our stuff to our garage. So when I finally hired movers first time in my life, but the movers are going to be able to pull right up to the garage and actually about 90% of our stuff is already in that garage.
1: We should almost get a sponsor that has something to do with moving people to go to kind of piggyback on you sponsoring this because asking your friends to move and help you move is over that shit is over yeah we're too old for it it, it's not cool man the knees don't hold out and no oh they drop a box accidentally like back then you owned what nothing everything was replaceable (laughs) now where we're at stop asking people to move get someone to move you it's the only way to go now that's the guy who hasn't moved in 17 years saying that but you've done the same thing so you're ret. you're doing okay
0: I am. Uh, And if you know somebody who's looking to buy or sell, don't forget that I donate a portion of every buy or sell to a local artist or musician. Um, I won't go into all of it right now, but my aunt Alexis, we are selling her place next week and she's donating. She said, you know what? I'm actually going to go a little out of the norm. I want to donate my money to Jazz 88. Uh, My friend Patty Peterson works over there. She's just a big believer in supporting them. So I'm going to donate... Uh, to Jazz 88 for them. And I'm donating, in our situation for my house that I'm buying, I'm donating to my friend Steve Kramer. Uh, He's a musician over at our church, very progressive church, over here in South Minneapolis, who has cancer. He is uh, doing incredibly well uh, after about 10 months of cancer, but I'm donating to him. If you know somebody that's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. That number is textable, Peter. All right,
1: then. How are you, Peter? <laughs> all righty, then. Peter Bourne is our guest today. Peter, Peter, I don't even really know where to start because we all, the three of us, kind of go back to a similar genesis point. Like, we all started from somewhere else, right. but we all crossed paths back, I don't know, good God, more than 25 years ago. At least we all sort of went through that same intersection yep. within a relatively short period of time. So, Peter, before we talk about your life as a music producer, as a musician, As a radio guy, as the many things you've done, where are you from?
2: I'm from Southwest Minneapolis. Grew up, born and raised.
1: Born and raised, South Minneapolis guy.
3: Yeah.
2: All
1: right, very good. So you're growing up. Where do you go, if you don't mind me asking? Where do you go to school? Or maybe even more importantly, I don't really care where you went to school, if I'm honest. I want to (laughs) know how you (laughs) fell in love because... Radio and music are, you know, I mean, Sean and I, that's our lot in life, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're a couple of weirdos, a couple of old nerds, (laughs) but at some point you fall in love with it, right? At some point it becomes your thing, whether you're listening to it as a kid. When do you get the itch that maybe radio is something I'm going to be involved with?
2: You know, it started, uh, my, my father was in radio at KLTF, Little Falls Radio Station. Oh. And so he had apple crates from Little Falls, whatever that would be chocked full of
1: 45s nice oh don't Does you wish still you have them? them well you would wish
2: actually the wax museum purchased about 200 of them from me when i was trying to buy my first 10 speed bike
1: right <laughs> you're like we can get rid of these well Whatever.
2: But my dad goes but first make sure you dub them down to cassette
1: did, no. you, did you really dub all of them to cassette?
2: <laughs> well, I'd pick my favorites, yeah. So you, yeah. Get, you get everything from the Cordettes to Ricky he Nelson. Just, what else, he didn't
1: know. care because, I mean, they were coming in like an overflow, right? Like I mean, he had more than he knew what to do with. Right. So he's like, you can take these and sell them, but make sure you get the ones you want to have before it goes on.
2: Yeah, Snoopy and the Red Baron has to go on my... You Got know, it. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And
1: so I grew up with a lot of that,
2: um, I guess we'll call it A.M., uh, from the 60s era yeah, love and it, love um, it. so that was kind of formulated in my my DNA early on and then he was actually recording um, had recording gear from that era that he used to record people's weddings he would go in <laughs> and, and, and record people's weddings and then they would press a vinyl and they would get their album, wow. their their album of, of their wedding, an
1: audio album. So of their music, of the entire start of, to finish, of the, like really. Well, so they'd get fifteen the minutes whole, aside. But I mean, they'd get the, the ceremony and the whole bit on an actual pressed album. Yeah, yeah, really. So I was a little kid running
2: mic cables and hooking up mics and hiding them in places so that they wouldn't be seen and they could be recorded. And I, I was introduced to you know a lot of uh, things through the music, uh, music and then recording, all at a young age before twelve.
1: So okay, I mean, I mean, you're a kid at that point. Like, you're yeah. not even a teenager. You're not even a young adult. You're a kid. Yeah. Did you resent it or did you enjoy the sort of excitement of being part of ceremonies like that?
2: Well, you know, it got a little boring depending on the on the denomination. <laughs> 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 but uh, this is also the era. Keep in mind when they had live bands in the in the uh, in the the balcony. Yeah. Playing the backgrounds it might be paul stuckey or it might be whatever you are the sunshine of my life yeah all these they had live bands playing at the service so it was kind of that hippie dippy 70s era right on the band called spirit was there rocking it whoa, or you whoa, were, whoa,
1: whoa. Well, like spirit like
2: no different spirit i don't okay. think they'd looked it up okay. would that be great
1: i mean they, they probably just weren't big enough to get noticed by the actual <laughs> spirit who later would go into a litigation with led zeppelin i just wondered if it was that spirit I but it was it a church there. they yeah, were yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, 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 got I got
0: you yeah so everybody was mic'd up like the, the the wedding party was mic'd up and you could actually hear what they were saying
2: uh usually there was a mic close by like on the on the altar the did mirror. you ever
0: have the old school moment remember Wait. the movie old school when? <laughs> okay Vince fun it goes one vagina the rest of your life real smart <laughs> <laughs> Did that get pressed on the (laughs) vinyl? Unbelievable. Uh, Here we
1: are talking about one of the most sacred Sacred. and wondrous moments (laughs) of two young people's lives together. Yeah. But But seriously, But Sean's on fire. Why? it's
0: just
4: that kind is of a day, today,
1: man no he, this guy's been filling out paperwork and financial <laughs> yes, institutions ah, all it's day it's just
0: good to see
3: people all right peter <laughs> yeah. peter
1: when's the very first time you as a young wide-eyed idealistic individual step foot in a radio station and realize you're gonna fucking do something or with music either one which which one came first did you start working with music or radio first
2: uh actually it was radio first i because of my dad's background and he said hey you know what they're doing this thing at at uh, college radio, KUOM, and they're doing this thing called Radio of the Theater. And so we went to spend an afternoon, my buddy and I, and we wrote a, a radio show. It was a like a like a uh, radio drama, and we got
1: oh, selected, cool. like, like Vincent Price Theater. In my or? case, it was it. in
2: my case it was a direct rip off of Batman and Robin. We called it the Black Phantom, <laughs> and named after a bike, nice.
1: right? Right.
2: And so we did this whole thing. We took the vacuum cleaner and we like stopped it and reversed the sound of it. So it sounded like a turbo. I mean, all this kind of stuff. This, this is a like 12. Now, see, is I, remember, I mean,
1: that was fun, man. I remember doing that kind of stuff yeah, when yeah. I was a kid, but at home with like the little press play and record, <laughs> you know, recorders and yeah. doing that kind of, I didn't have access to a radio station, but that was the stuff that was amazing. Yeah.
2: So that was early on in my formulation of that. And music was always a part of that. But um, it wasn't until I hit about, I guess, 15 years old where I triggered into music. And um, it'll lead into our next song. If you wanted to try that, let's go ahead okay. and do
1: that. What do you want? To, I mean, so, so this is your first song. I don't think there's anyone alive who hasn't heard this song before. But what's more important to me than the legacy of a song, the origin of a song, is why it matters to a guest that's on this podcast. Why'd you pick this one? Well, love it, love it or hate it. I actually love it because it's I act, nothing against it. It
2: was a pivotal. It was a pivotal song in my life because um, I was over in England with a theater company from from the Washburn area washburn uh, high school
1: yeah I, I feel like we missed a pretty big step right there <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to spend 20 <laughs> no. minutes on it yeah. but i mean like so you go from southwest suburbs guy you know making fun radio plays at your dad's radio yeah. station how did you get to england as part of a theater company so
2: so making making radio drama fun yeah and then coming up through high school or coming up through junior high actually i uh, i found that uh, i really enjoyed acting. Yep. And so I did some acting and I was doing some singing and choir. I was I was brought in by a, a girl who who said, "You should come and join our theater company." It was at Fuller Young People's Theater. Hi Steve and the rest of the crew. Um back in the day, so I was 14, 15 years old and mm. they needed somebody to run sound for their production. And then of course, eventually I became, you know, involved in acting in some of their productions as well. So, here we are at this Minneapolis Park Board doing this thing. And then we get it. We get the call that, Oh, by the way, we've been invited to London to perform for a month Man. in 1982. You know, we may have been able to make all the dates, except some of our dates were shut down because of IRA bombings. Well, you no know, was the <laughs> negative. You know, there is that. But 1982 also happened to time in with an album that was being released by the band journey. And so we're over in England performing while we're doing this performance. Uh, we had, you know, a month or a month and a half of 50 people in, in a, in a, in a youth hostel. Well, mm. what do you do when you have downtime? Well, they happen to have this parlor room in the building that had what I thought was kind of a junky old piano. Cause it only had two pedals. I didn't realize yeah. that Bosendorfer meant anything, but it was a Bosendorfer nine foot concert grand. Wow. And so I had my Sony Walkman, my headphones, and I had some downtime. So I'm plunking away at this new album called escape.
1: And I'm learning <laughs>
2: this piano thing by ear and so I have this now. So now I've got this learned. I mean, keep in mind that this is the era of "Come on, Eileen," um, haircut one hundred.
1: I'm deeply familiar with 1982.
2: <laughs> yes, my yes right. um, I loved t- yes. "Tainted Love" by Soft mm-hmm. Cell. I, I had all yeah. that when I was. That's where I was experiencing over in England at the right, time. Right, right. But here I am with this uh, this track, and I'm learning how to play this song. I get back after we're done to the states, and I thought this is a. Definite guarantee to get some girls excited with the fact that I can play this track. So it's a,
1: it's a powerful motivator. So
2: I'm doing this, and uh just so happens, I'm at this uh conference or this this retreat, and a friend of mine who's much older, he was like maybe six years older than I was. He goes, "You know that song? Well, you got to be in our band. I got a gig for us." I'm like, "Dude, I'm four, I'm 15 years old. You got to make sure. Hey, what kind of gig? <laughs> What's well, on the strip at four nine four ninety four? And we're gonna do this house gig, and uh, I think you should play the piano." uh for our band i'm like okay you know i literally (laughs) just learned this track so what that was was an entry point for me to playing music granted cover tunes at that point um professionally so at 15 years old i'm rocking the house four nights a week at the mandarin yen on 494 and penn avenue and here's the song
3: Just a city bird Born and raised in South Detroit
1: I mean, it doesn't really get more iconic than that. And at the time, I think about that record, Escape, and it was the first time, granted it was probably at a middle school dance where you're supposed to be leaving room for Jesus between your two bodies. Oh, yeah. But the first time ever at a (laughs) dance where I held a girl that close and felt her entire body next to mine. And when you're a young, pre-pubescent man, boy... um. (laughs) You feel strange? Stirrings.
2: (laughs) My pants are getting tight.
1: Oh, dear God. What's happening? It's hard for me to imagine. Just, I mean, like, I think about, and I know life changes and it's different for everybody, but there's also sort of universal streams that run through everything. (laughs) I, I know it's harder for women and for young girls, but man, it's not a simple road to hoe if you will, for young men either. Before we go any further with Peter Bourne, I do need to mention that Palmer's Bar is an important sponsor, a latest sponsor for the Brian Oak Show, and they've got some very cool stuff on the not-too-distant horizon. A good example, September 19th, this coming Sunday, Mm -hmm. they are going to have Miss Mira and the Moonshiners, as well as Jerry O. Parker II leading J-Train Jazz. This is kind of old-fashioned jazz and blues done right. A couple of amazing people, they do it every third Sunday at uh, Palmer's, it's just one example of the fact that on that bar out there, while the weather is still agreeable, in fact, this Sunday is supposed to be nice, like sunny and 82, it's supposed to be perfect out there, another opportunity to get out and see some live music, support a really important business on the West Bank of South Minneapolis. Tony, the entire crew over there, they do a great job not only booking music, but of taking care of their clients and their dear friends, and I don't know, I mean, this whole podcast for, my God, coming up on Tuesday. 200 episodes has been about explaining, exploring and researching and, you know, doing what we can for this community, because you and I are a very, I mean, we're part of this community. This is our home, man.
0: Yeah. When I was out of town uh, doing a little gig of, of my own, I had a guy go, uh, where are you from? I said, Minneapolis. He goes, yeah, but where? I mean, like what suburb? I said, no, I, I live in Minneapolis. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, well, actually, I'm one of these people who believes that you stick with it. And you, you know, the only way that these businesses survive is if we patronize them. If we show up and go to the shows, and and I said, he's like, well, let's dump more money into Minneapolis. I said, it's not just money; it's things like mentoring and and helping people help themselves and that sort of thing. But I said, where do you live? And he's like, well, I just moved to Egan.
1: And there's <laughs> nothing wrong with Egan. No, there's nothing wrong with Egan, Egan but fine. it's like. But but I mean, like, you know, saying, like, well, you're from Minneapolis. Yeah, but where? Like, Coon Rapids? Like, no, no, no. You live in Minneapolis. And again, I'm not trying to be snooty at all. No. But I mean, if if we don't, as we learned over the course of the pandemic, which, you know, by the way, we're not all the way out of, but we're doing well, but it could be better. We've already lost so many important places, you know, and not just bars, not just restaurants, you know, venues and all Mm -hmm. kinds of incredible places. We're trying to hang on to them. We're trying to do what we can to support the things that make this city the thing that this city is and these cities that surround us, the entire area. I love it here. You love it here. Mm -hmm. It's a big part. Peter loves it here. Exactly. But it's a big part of what we do. And so we'll never stop doing that. So Mm palmersbar.net. What I told you about this Sunday, just one example of the things they do. They do that every third Sunday. You can go there and hear some of the most savage, mind-bending, face-melting punk rock you've ever heard in your life. But then you could show up on Sunday and hear some of the coolest, mellowest sweet soothing jazz on a sunday afternoon evening that you've ever heard it's one of the very cool things about palmer's bar again palmersbar.net so peter you are at some point you learn to play piano because if you're playing piano while you're at a hostel in london and you (laughs) learn to play journey at some point you pick up music now music the thing did you did you get into bands after that yeah so i was actually so i did
2: this cover band thing for a
1: while what was the name of your band
2: that was a band, you can find us on, on, on out there in the, in the ether, it's called The Argyles. We all had the sweaters. I mean, it was <laughs> right patterned, right that. that I'm, I'm not
1: against it. I just I always, anytime anybody who's ever played music, I ask them the name because the early bands always have corny names, yeah. and they always have one or two embarrassing covers that, like there's some that you look back and you're like, we killed that. But then there's some where you look back and you're like, what the hell were we thinking playing that <laughs> song? Like
2: the Curly Shuffle. Right? Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! Mean, that was a, that was
1: Hey Mo! Hey Mo! Oh yeah! yeah, yeah. no, I remember. But that yeah. was that was usually right after. <laughs> that was yeah. right after the
2: King of Pain, you know. So right. we played, oh nice. So we would go there and we'd play the B sides of the Romantics, of, like I'm Hit by the Romantics. Yeah. Mm. And so that was that was that era, and that was really good. It was a good uh, teaching ground. Plus, I got to realize that when I went off and had my my egg roll at the Mandarin Yan during break, and I was mm. playing video games, and the rest of the guys came back from break and. And the temple was extremely fast as they started and they were they were kind of sweating and wiping their face. I was like, yeah. Oh Okay, now it was a big learning curve for me. You're oh, yeah. playing
1: Miss Pac-Man, and they yeah. are helping yeah. to protect the gross national product of Bolivia, is <laughs> what's happening Pretty right much. There. I understand, there I was that.
2: There, the, there was that era. It, it
1: was, was the early 80s, man. It was I mean, the time. To each their own, so you're moving along, but at some point you start writing jingles, and you start getting involved with radio. How does that come about?
2: Well, let me step it back just a second. Before sure, that, you sure. know, original music actually entered in my, into, the, into the vein. It was a band called Waiting for One. Uh-huh. And we were Minneapolis power trio. Sean Mack and Johnny C. and I uh, formed a band, and we started writing original music. And that led me to a lot of the nightlife. So uh, we played pretty much all the rooms yeah. uh, of the time. So we would play upstairs at uh, Graffiti's. Wow. Mm, we played graffiti. the entry a number of times. Yeah, yeah. Larry uh, Sahagy had us booked at the Caboose for Tuesday night oh, Spaghetti yeah. Night.
1: Well, now, he's like deeply immersed at over at the Driftwood, where my wife plays a lot. But like, so... The fact that I saw him as the front man for Urban, Urban Gorillas, Gorillas back yeah. in the day, and now that I just see him on the regular as sort of a civilian or behind-the-scenes guy still blows my mind. It, it,
2: it's interesting. He's uh, he's a guy I want to talk to and spend some time to understand what happened in history. And he'd be a great guy to have on
1: this a show. Oh, yeah. he's on. He, it, it's on the list. There's yeah. a large so, list.
2: So Larry, um, Larry actually kicked me out of the caboose. Get out of my bar. <laughs> what did you do? So we are, we are, we are uh, coming to the pinnacle of the show. This is the point where every guy looks and goes, we are the best effing rock and roll band in the world. Of we're course having this, you are. We're having this moment, and we have all 25 people watching us going, yes!
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Tina Schleski and and the B-sides oh, yeah? were following us. Oh my! And gosh. apparently the time clock stopped at this point, Ew. and we... Had, and and Larry goes nerds. Larry Larry comes up to us and I'm like we're just we're we're, we're raging having the greatest time yeah. and he comes up and he does that draws across the neck it's like stop I'm like and I yell we're almost done he goes so I pre- proceed to pull the Johnny Cash finger on him oh no and Ooh. said rrr, rrr, and, and next thing you know the power goes off
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, he just yeah. kills
2: and, it, and and, then, and so we didn't get to climax musically with that yeah. that moment, but we we got to the point where he goes and he goes, get out of my bar, yeah. And at that point, I had to leave, and the rest of the guys hoisted my bass rig. I was playing bass. Uh-huh. Over the back fence with a, with guitar chords. I mean, this is legendary in my world. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. But we found we found common ground after that. He said, "I may have been a little bit overzealous
1: and or anxious." And <laughs> <laughs> but, well, there you know, was a lot of that in the eighties, right? Yeah,
2: right. So, but that was a great era because that actually taught me songwriting, taught me how to um, kind of compose. And one of my influences at that point was uh, Joe Jackson. Mm. Is she really going out with him with like the hit? that happened a
1: great song but
2: going deeper he actually did everything he did you know swing stuff yep you know he had that era and then he expanded beyond that he he did all kinds of styles and i thought wow this is a guy worth listening to he's not one-dimensional so I, i i gleaned a lot of that off
1: of him well he's got a series of like four or five maybe six records that i think are all bulletproof and he really does go all over the map some yeah. of it sort of modern jazz some of it straightforward rock and roll some of it pub rock some of it very cool almost new wavy type stuff yep. and there was really not anybody else quite like him
2: no and, and i was introduced you know uh, actually ken chastain uh he had a band called the answers back mm-hmm. in the day and ken and the, and his brothers and all that uh, they had a and they played a lot of Joe Jackson. I was like, that's the kind of stuff I want to do. So that's why I wrote with uh with my, my, my trio guys. And we had a lot of fun during that era. So that was that was really kind of a pivotal time where I learned music. I, I gleaned what I wanted to or could at that point. And um and then I'm coming coming to the age where it's like, oh, you gotta get a job uh <laughs> after traveling in a white panel van and and you know, paying paying for pizza and, uh, and, and that was dinner for a week, you know, kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Well, back in those days, you could share uh, an apartment building or a house with three, four, five guys yep. for 150 bucks a month. But then eventually, at some point, you're like, shit, I have to actually act at least vaguely like an adult. <laughs> well, and it I, changes. I got,
2: I got married young, so I got married at 21 years old. Wow. My wife and I knew each other all through this time, so she supported
0: all of that. But yeah, 21 years old. Okay, before we hear the song, you have to tell the story. Of what happened on your wedding day? Well, it was the previous day. So okay, I,
2: I was at KQ KQRS working, and uh, this is before cell phones, so this I is can't play my me. favorite stories. My wife like cried; she laughed so hard. I don't know about that, <laughs> but uh, so I I took a break for lunch when went, went uh, to the uh, Sunray Shopping Center where they had a hair cutting place. There, I'm familiar <laughs> with Sunray. Proceed to get all the hairs trimmed, and I'm looking sharp. Yeah, you are. By the way, if you're going to get married yourself a couple of days so you don't have that super fresh cut <laughs>
3: There's
1: for that. Your,
2: for your, but but okay so i had a fresh cut going and i'm on my way back to the the, the radio ranch and i'm driving along golden valley road mm-hmm. towards past the golf course area and then schulers oh yeah the, yeah so yeah. so i'm driving that route and I'm just singing to my head, I'm getting married in them, whatever it might have been. <laughs> Ding, <I> was, <laughs> dong, the bells are like, yeah oh, <laughs> Yeah, I got it. So I'm totally in my own head here, and I'm driving. And this is now uh, December 29th of uh, 1989. And uh, there's a little ice on the road. And so coming off of Highway 55, there's a turn that people mm-hmm. coming uh, westbound can, can mm-hmm. kind of turn all across. And they cross over. You got to stop uh, if you're going eastbound and let them pass. Well, I was totally uh, not thinking about it. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw this nice Cadillac come across. I, I'm like, oh, and I hit the brakes and slid right into this guy. T-boned him. Uh, nice big old Cadillac. I'm, yeah, driving, I'm driving Dad's 77 uh, Bonneville, right? Of course you are, right? Another, another, <laughs> another piece of
1: lead. So you're putting a real piece of meat into another piece of meat. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, this guy um, wasn't belted in. He slid across the seat, and oh I'm God. watching in slow-mo as he's going off into the gully, but then over a retaining wall down into the business. um <laughs> Uh, just just down that way so he's literally done a, a a a jump down into the parking lot like a six foot drop now he's
1: still in his car right you didn't kick him out of his car he's still in the car okay all right and
2: I'm freaking out I'm like, oh my gosh did I kill him I'm now completely in shock so what did I do here's where Sean and, and I follow him over the wall.
0: Takes his car and drives over the wall. Like, goodbye, cruel
1: world. Like, like just, intentionally. I just yes. thought, of,
2: what's the quickest way to get to him? And I said, uh, I got to go over the wall. And so I, <laughs> bow and Luke, duped it <laughs> over the wall <laughs> and and land. At this point, he's probably thinking like, he's coming to fuck? finish, he's gonna finish <laughs> <exactly>. me. He's going to finish me off. The
0: guy's coming to kill me. So, How is the call to your insurance company to explain this whole thing? That's what I is wanted. there is
2: there a, uh, is there a, a term limits? Because here's the deal. <laughs> I didn't get word one. Oh my god. No. I That's don't know crazy. He, so no one ever
1: contacted <laughs> you? No one ever said you owe us $12,000? Oh, Nothing? Word, I love that. Story. Well, the guy
2: the guy was um not belted, not that that made a difference. He was okay, but shaken. He was a yeah. doctor of all things. Oh.
1: Was his car messed up?
2: Uh, his front end got kind of screwed all up. All right. My my front end once again, the bumper going like this. That was yeah,
1: funny. Exactly. <laughs> Ah, oh, the Those good old, old days. Yeah. The good old days.
2: So I I, I called my dad. I said, oh, I had an accident, but the cars look pretty good. And the other guy, <laughs> I'm assuming he's going to call. Nothing ever happened of it. It never came back to me. I didn't get a, my dad didn't get, it. at least if it did, he was cool about it and didn't say a word about, to me about it. Because at the end of the day. That's what happened,
0: Peter. Yeah, we'll no, go with that. we
1: got to believe the insurance was huh. called. I, I, it's I, hard I, for me to imagine that I, yeah. the guy would have just been like, that's cool, you pitched me over a wall and drove at me immediately afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let this one go. Well, uh, stranger we things happen. Here and we are. Lo, these many years yeah. later, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we go ahead and hear a little Joe Jackson.
4: Over there, wow. there, here comes Jeannie with her new boyfriend. They say the looks don't count for much, so there goes your proof. Is she really going out with him? Is she really gonna take him home tonight? Is she really gonna
1: Cold ending ever. But again, all three of us have had plenty of experience in radio, and cold endings can suck. Uh, My. I, know, I know. You're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, or <laughs> worse still is the false ending, oh, where it sounds like it's ending. It. You're like, ah, 107, well, the river, the valley's hope for classic rides. Like, and then there's something that you're like fuck you (laughs) even though you've heard the song 150 times you can't seem to get your head around it before we resume our conversation with Peter Bourne we are going to mention the fact that our latest sponsor Forgotten Star Brewing has a big event coming up this weekend it is going to be two days of huge music in Fridley, Minnesota at this great brewery for Oktoberfest even though it's mid-September can you please explain that to me Sean
0: I still don't understand it, but I know that it's going to be really fun. And apparently they just won some beer award, a friend of mine told me, which is really cool.
1: We're going to talk about that out there. Exactly. They they were at an, I believe, a national, possibly international beer contest. Mm. It's certainly national. They were the only Minnesota brewery to win an award, and they won an award for one of their loggers.
0: So cool. So, yeah, they'll have bands out there Friday night and then all day Saturday all the way till midnight. We'll be there from 3 to 9. If you're a Patreon member, stop by and see us because... We have free beer tickets for what? Patreon members, yes.
1: New information has come to light, yeah, man. I, I didn't know that. My
0: friend Andy texted me and said, yep, we'll give you some beer tickets for your Patreon members, so swing by and see us. And the first one
1: is on us. Well, great. I mean, and if you don't know what Sean looks like when you come over there, just go to his OnlyFans account. I mean, you'll recognize him in a heartbeat. Nobody can... he
0: knows him on my OnlyFans
1: account. Okay, well, just, I mean, just trying to make you a little extra money. just look you...
0: for somebody whose head is almost as big as Brian Oaks.
1: Well, that's true. <laughs> Both of us would be in the contest for a prize-winning pumpkin <laughs> exactly. at the county right. fair. Uh, speaking of Forgotten Star, ForgottenStarBrewing.com. But on Friday, they've got Monica LaPlante, Jeremy Measuresmith, and many more. On Saturday, when you and I are going to be there, Nathan Frazier, Al Church, Reddy Freddy, Blue Hound, and many more. It's going to be a cool weekend, and the guys at Forgotten Star are really rock solid. We are so happy they decided to sign on, and I think they adopt the same philosophy that we have I can't, I'm not speaking for them and I don't want anyone to get mad at them but I get the impression they're the same kind of guys who just refuse to work with assholes. Yes, right? that's correct. And yeah. we refuse to work with assholes. And so, I don't know. It always works out when you're like, hey, you seem cool. Hey, you seem cool. We should work together. Let's do that together. Forgottenstarbrewing.com if you want to know more. Peter Bourne, you are born and bred Minnesotan. You have done a lot of cool things, music as well. You did a lot of radio. Sean and I have done a lot of radio. I feel like we're going to have to have you back for a radio-specific episode because we don't have a ton of time left. And But I also feel like <clears throat> that episode's going to require a lot of editing because we were all <laughs> we were all there at the end of sort of the exciting days of radio like the the last days of pompeii sort of thing right Right, absolutely i mean there's the halcyon glorious legendary days of 50s and 60s a.m and then the emergence of fm in the 70s and then the the truly decadent days of the 80s and while we all had a little taste of that really the 90s i think is all of our bread and butter right for Mm. all of us and so it wasn't quite as decadent as it was but we all had a front row seat for some pretty (laughs) Sketchy shit. <laughs> Do you think that's fair?
2: I think Sean's gonna have to get his um, wax pen out and uh, start
1: editing <laughs> yes. uh, the old tape. Absolutely, I'm cut it razor, yeah. tape it back together. Yeah, it's ready. Oh man! See, but that's the thing is we've all done this long yes. enough that each one of us in this room has edited tape to play back on the air oh. with the razor blade and with that little tape you put together mm-hmm. and. Wow, that it doesn't it's, always stick, and you're like, get out, get out. oh, and and you try to get it just right, and you know, ninety five percent of the time you get it, but every once in a while there's a, and there's nothing you can do because that shit is gone. The boy. double breath. Before we let you go, <laughs> the, right. the number nice. one reason we had Good you call. in today, Peter, was unlocked mission. Tell me about unlocked mission. What is it?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked. Unlocked mission is the next uh, big thing that I have taken on as a, as a kind of a, a legacy project. It's, it, it ties in all my talents to this point. So uh, it, it ties in uh, my musical background. It ties in uh, my production background, radio. Uh, there is actually another section of my life, which was creating fun show cars. So making cars. Uh, like and, rehabbing cars? Like, uh, well, we're going to have to, like I said, another show. Well, <laughs> we'll have to have you back. I'll give you one compound word, Batmobile. Really? Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. And uh, the, the Batmobile? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I I recreated a number of these for various museums. Okay. All but right. But ultimately, it 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 gave me a skill set, and I found an opportunity to take and put all of these things onto a giant riverboat. So music studio, um, writing and producing, and uh, we've created a one of a kind traveling riverboat. And uh, it's going to start here in Minnesota. It's currently docked in Minnesota. But mm-hmm. the goal is to take it down river. There's over 6,000 miles we can travel on the Mississippi yeah. and it's tributaries, and capture music, find the singer songwriter in that community, capture the flavor of all these communities as we travel together. And then also uh, there's that the nonprofit portion, which suggests that let's teach the youth how to play together as a band or create create um relationships and and unite these people as we go up and down the river and 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 basically in our wake we leave this this uh catalog of great fresh brand new music that we will record produce and we have uh buy-in from people not only in the united states but over in europe as well who said um i'd like to come and produce some of these things on this boat
1: i mean so This is wild. I mean, this is very overarching. I mean, we're talking a little bit of cultural field trip because the United States is a big place, and there are people on the northern end of the Mississippi who don't have the slightest effing idea what's happening further downriver and vice versa. But we're also talking a little bit of School of Rock, getting kids involved. We're also talking about a little bit of Alan Lomax going out and taking field recordings of music that other people that otherwise would have literally vanished, and, and finding people who do this thing where did the riverboat idea come from i mean have you built boats before have you done boats why did you decide that the riverboat was the well both figuratively and literally why was it the vehicle to make this happen
2: well um so uh, i had uh experience producing uh, in various locations you can build a studio in an office space now like we are here right now right uh and so i had done some 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 recording on a different different buses and and uh i actually i owned and we, we raised our family down in the city of Red Wing, town of Red Wing, where we had a boat. And uh, one time I had to do an album mix. I said, I'm going to just take a week. I'm going to go down to the boat by myself mm-hmm. and mix this product. Well, then I thought-
1: Like oh, a houseboat
2: kind of thing? I was more like a, a cruiser boat. So okay. you know, it was like right. an RV. It was nothing fancy. I got you. I got you. But then um, I said, okay, who's done this before? Who's put a studio on a boat? Type in Google. And then it turns out that the Astoria is a barge studio owned by Dave Gilmore. So I'm like, okay. Not D-
1: David Gilmore. David Gilmore. Of Pink Floyd? Right.
2: What? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You can look it up. And, and uh, I believe you.
1: I just, wow.
2: <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so somebody's done this before. I can find out more and let's see who built the studio for David Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Nick Whitaker. His name popped up. So Nick and I emailed a few times. He goes, send me a picture of your boat. And, uh, and so then he goes, yeah, you want to come over and visit? So my wife and I in 2019 went to London and we got to hang out with, the, not the man. The man wasn't there, but the, the whole studio boat thing was happening.
1: Well, so here's, here's the thing that's worth mentioning yeah. is I am aware of David Gilmore's significant legacy and also the fact that he wouldn't be working with someone who was an also-ran or someone who just did an okay job. I mean, you're dealing with a premier tech who knows precisely what he's doing. Yeah,
2: Top Cat. And wow, so he, wow. he, he, he agreed. And before we got done with our first meeting, he says, so as we work on our project— Kind of thing. And then, uh, so we have him as one of our consultants and one of our design team for converting this boat and making the studio properly, a proper treatment. Um, Well, I
1: mean, because you want to make it good, right? I mean, just like the studio we're in here, obviously Mm -hmm. not designed by David Gilmore's boat (laughs) studio designer guy yeah but because of the nice people at Audioquip, we have real equipment in here so it sounds better than your average podcast like those guys we're able they're great guys but we're able to do this on a level that is a little above average of what happens so if you i mean i suppose you're at the point where you're like if we're going to make a studio on a boat let's make it a freaking good
2: one right right so he's he's he was the acoustician along with a local cat who joined together joined forces so dave all is a drummer from a band, as we all know, the Suicide Commando.
1: Yeah. The name is familiar. So,
2: so Dave uh, hooked up uh, with uh, with Nick. We talked about design things, and so Dave spent some time and and continues to spend time helping dial in that space and making it huge.
1: Fabulous. So now, in addition to, I mean, we're not talking about a one time trip down the river, right? I mean, obviously, you've got longer term plans for this, but I mean. So you're going to go down the river, you're going to chronicle, you're going to find people, you are going to... What What kind of things do you see happen? So you're talking about the nonprofit aspect of it, which is great. Yeah. But I mean, do you see... Do you see musical releases? Do you see trips for people to come along on musical excursions? I mean, having that recording facility on a boat is fantastic, but what sort of long-term goals do you have planned for? I mean, because it's a pretty unique project, right? There's not a lot of this going on. What what sort of ends do you see it going towards? Well,
2: exactly. So, I mean, we're, we're looking at a non-traditional ways to get the word out, and so creating some YouTube content from my days as a TV producer, we can work with um, all the different kinds of elements to create actually better than average uh, content. And so we'll not only do that, but then uh, so we'll document that visually, but we'll also have albums worth of content that we're creating as we go along. Right. And so the combination is to see if we can't spread a lot of joy. Hence the name of the boat is joyful noise. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and really just, that's it. We want to we want to unite communities for music. And then I think, we're all on the same page. Our, all mm-hmm. of our wives are educators. They yes. are. Yes. Mine, mine's a music educator. And yeah. so yeah. my wife being an educator is also a person who can write programming. And so we're going to be doing a lot of good things. And we're still trying to determine how it's all going to play out. Yeah. But, uh, we've got some interest from some already some, some stand, I mean outstanding uh, national artists, some uh, some people which I'm going to hold back on saying. But at this point, we've got lots of people here in Minneapolis which have really stepped up to you. So Matt Fink from uh, the Revolution, yeah, and um, the Doctor, and, and Peter Himmelman, oh, and yeah. Jeff Victor, and uh, Billy McLaughlin, lots of. Folks. I thought you
1: weren't going to say any names. Are you just here to name drop now? Is that what's well, happening? Well, I, I got to
2: tell you, these guys are really good people, and I want <laughs> to make sure they, they got they're a actually, shout out. They're
1: all actually amazing people, but I, I'm I'm very excited about this. This is. It seems like the potential, like there's not really a ceiling on it. Like there are about a thousand things you could do with a mobile studio, a high-end studio that produces quality content on the river. I mean again, whether we're talking about culture, I mean, you can have national bands on there and it's going to be fun for people, but you could swing down to a town that no one's ever heard of mm-hmm. somewhere down in Missouri and have a local choir on. I mean, there's there's not really a limit to what you could do with this sort of a mobile platform. Well,
2: in addition to having Brian Oak Oak Floats, serious <laughs> next <laughs> next uh next summer uh, um, I,
1: I i am available to your point to I your am point available.
2: um my wife and i showed up at uh, the reverend's church down in memphis al uh-huh. green yeah i called him ahead of time and said, we're coming down he goes what are you trying to do he doesn't understand it at first yeah so we went down and we went to church on a sunday and uh he he knew we, i was coming because he goes "Minneapolis." Come on down here. And so I got shouted out, (laughs) Minneapolis.
1: And so we're sitting in church, and
2: and we're watching him start to preach, and he's talking, and he's getting fiery, and he's starting to get heated, and the words are coming out faster, and all of a sudden. "Ah." He started into tune, and then the organ started, and, and then we were off to the races. Oh, my God. So he's got a youth program. He says, you know what? If you bring the boat, we'll put the youth on here. I'll bring the band. Yeah. So... Here we come, Um, Al. Get ready. Literally
1: the Reverend Al Green. Now, before we get to a little music that was originally by the Reverend Al Green, before we bid you a fond farewell, you do have to come back because we barely scratched the surface. There's a lot here. But I'm kind of excited about what you're doing with Unlocked Mission. Is there any point in people tracking you down online and finding out what you're up to now? Can they get in on the ground floor? Is there anything Patreon related or supporting related where they can help you and then be a part of what you create in the future.
2: Unlockedmission.com
1: okay. is the
2: website and that's got opportunities to do some uh, some giving opportunities but yep. you know it's time talent and treasure. People want to put in some sweat equity. We've got the the boat that is, you know, coming along quite nicely mm-hmm, but it looks great. we want to prepare um some other things to it to make it sure that it's even better so that when uh when you guys come on you're going okay, we're 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 in a good place.
0: I loved it. If, if I'm
1: not mistaken, we're looking forward to being on that boat in the not-too-distant future. Uh, is that right? We're trying to
0: work something out. Wait, we we'll figure it out. We'll figure, for, it out. we'll figure it out. For yeah. the community. Yeah, well, that's the
2: thing. We want to make sure the community uh, has a chance to see something in a way that they've never experienced before.
1: I love it. And, it, I mean, if, I, it sounds like at some point you're planning a major excursion that is not going to be a short-term event down the river and possibly back up the river Um Before that happens, do you promise to come back so that we can really give a good look at what it is you're planning to do? Because... I really, I got to be honest. I mean, like I had a vague idea of what we were talking about before you came in today. Now I'm actually kind of excited about what the possibilities <laughs> so are. Cool. I mean, so th- cool. th- there's there's literally almost nothing you can't do on this mobile platform. It's really cool, man. Are you excited? Yeah. I know I know, it's a ton of work and I know that it's expensive and I know life is not simple and it can sometimes be easy for someone like me to get excited about it when you're like, yeah, I've been working on this shit for 10 years. Oh, thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, but I mean, but it's cool, man. This, there's I, I've not heard of anything like this before.
2: We are the one and only in the world that moves. So, so the fact is, is that we want people to get excited about it. We want people to look, look into our website at at Uh unlockmission.com, Facebook, same thing, unlock mission and, um, and, and, you know, take it to the river, drop it in
1: the water. Absolutely. All right. We're going to say goodbye. Thanks again to all of our sponsors, smart start MN. thanks to Palmer's bar. You can find them at palmersbar.net. Do not forget in just a couple of short days, we are going to be there helping with the kickoff weekend of Oktoberfest at forgotten star brewing. Sean Bernard, apparently he sells and buys homes. Is that right? I do indeed. Yeah?
0: Yeah, reach out. I've known Peter since uh, 1990. We were talking about that for 31 years. Love this guy like a brother. (laughs) What I mean by that is we both love each other. We have a hell of a time, but there's been a, a few times where he's probably wanted to strangle me. Yeah. Maybe a little bit the other way too, but we always come through. He's just a fantastic guy with a big heart, and thanks so much for all your work on this. I can't wait to... To see how this thing rolls for you. My pleasure.
1: And we're going to wait uh, for a little while to do an all radio edition since we've all been through the grinder in roughly the same era because what we call that as mutually assured destruction. There are certain <laughs> stories, certain stories that we're not allowed to tell, but if we start telling them, we're telling all of them. So we'll do that next time, right now. Don't forget unlockedmission.com to find out more about the joyful, joyful noise, a boat that I know we're going to hear a ton about moving forward. It's a really exciting opportunity, and I appreciate you telling the story, Peter.
2: Yeah, you got it. My, my pleasure, guys. Thanks right, a lot. We'll Thank talk you.
1: to you again once again soon. And this time, so not only, the Reverend Al Green does a great job. The Talking Heads probably brought this song to more people mm-hmm. who had never even heard of Al Green than he might have expected. But here, you go back to, we talked about our wives being educators. Mm-hmm. My wife's name, is irish start to finish she's as irish as irish gets so i've seen this movie no less than 20 times <laughs> why did you go with this version of this song
2: well you know what it's kind of in my education i knew talking heads version first i didn't know al green's version i didn't get the research i thought well it's an original by the talking heads. and then all right. of a sudden this movie hits and i'm like okay there's more to this and uh, that, that prompted me to dig back and find out but the real reason i like this version is the snare